Phil, we're uh, back to John the Baptist again. We get him two weeks in a row uh, in this period for some reason. But this week it's John. So it's John on John. What do you think? Where are we going? Yeah. Yeah, interesting. And uh, an interesting choice of cut and paste that the lectionary devices have done here, I think, because in actual fact, this is part of a much larger whole from, I think, verse 19 to 51. Mm. Um, and we've only got half of it. Um, but I think my take on it would be that so far John's gospel has said in the beginning was the light, was the word, um, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never put it out. Um, but then suddenly in verse 6, we've got a man, yeah. a person sent yeah. from God. So here's the first human appearance in the Gospel of John, uh, which, as we know, is very theoretical, very philosophical. But here comes the human element, and it's a person called John, but it's not the person you'd be expecting. Yes, I think it, that it's really good of you to point that out because... Um... John does begin with a sort of, if you're thinking about it in filmic terms, with about the widest of the wide angle lenses you could imagine. No, it's cosmic, it's universal. And then it comes down to this ultra close up of a man whose name was John. Um, you know, it's it, it's such a contrast. It's uh, it's easy to skip past it. But I think that um, th this this gospel is going to try and do two things at once. Uh, and it's signaling it here. It's going to try and tell a cosmic story which is a un of universal significance and it's going to try and tell an individual story um encased in one man in one human uh, person and, and obviously it isn't john which is the confusing part but just that whole idea of trying to hold these two together which i think john's gospel does reasonably well but even just the idea of doing it is really a surprise yeah well, you would love this because uh, you're often talking in this space about the cosmic plan and uh, God in the whole of creation. So this would be uh, right up your alley. Um, Absolutely. I, I would go further. I think um, John, as we know, has the seven I am statements. Um, I think this is John's I am not statement. Um, yeah. Very strongly worded. Um, yes. So here's the one I am not statement of John. I'm not the one. I'm pointing to him. Um, but, of course, the thing you have to remember is John points to Jesus, and we're not meant to stop there because Jesus points to God. Yes. So we've got a two-step process happening in the whole of this gospel. Um, and, and this section in one of the uh, commentaries I read is called The Testimony of John. Um, so I think that's a really important word because the testimony of John leads us to the testimony of Jesus. Yeah. Yes, and, and the need to clarify who John is not um, sort of begs the question, well, then who is Jesus? And the rest of the gospel uh, answers that. And as you say, points to God. And I think that's, yeah, that's a really powerful thing, isn't it? Yeah, and we make a mistake, I think, to, to, to stop at the point of Jesus because Jesus had a mission and a purpose, um, and that was to testify to the one who sent him. Yes. So in hearing John's testimony, we also need to hear Jesus' testimony um, almost as it, as it's presaged in this, this short pericope, yes. I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I think that's right. And, and I think the um, there's also a, a real critique in here of the religious leaders because they come to John and they don't know who he is. 
uh, you know, they're the ones who were supposed to be the carriers of the great tradition of the culture and faith of the people. And they can't figure out who this guy is. They surely that should be obvious to them. Um, why does John need to say, I'm does not the Messiah? Why I'm... not? Would they even think he was, you know? Yeah, and, and in actual fact, John's very um, obtuse with them. He's very obstinate, yeah. isn't he? Um, yes. He sounds like a politician at a press conference um, <laughs> in in refusing to answer him, just giving yes. one word, I am not, um, yeah. until in the end they seem to get frustrated. And in, by verse 22, they're saying, let us have an answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so that... That, that whole thing of why they need to, first of all, they need to control the narrative. That's, if you're going to use political language, they need to be controlling what's going on. They're the ones in charge. This guy's coming out of the desert, um, completely uncontrolled and uncontrollable. So they need to find a box to fit him in. So he's either a prophet or he's the Messiah. Or, But if he's none of those things, then what is he? Where does he fit? Yes. And I find here a very... A very lovely unfolding uh, in John's gospel, even in verse, even in chapter one, um, which some commentators say may have existed separately to the rest of the gospel. Oh. But you begin with a cosmic plan, and into that you unfold John the Baptist, who is the herald of Jesus. Um, and then the very next verse after the cut that we've got, um, it's Jesus appearing to the disciples, and it's almost made very clear. I mean, I think. Uh, the, the very next verses, and we don't read this bit, is the next day John was there again with two disciples when he saw Jesus passing and he said, look, the Lamb of God. Yes. So it's getting clearer and clearer uh, as we go into chapter one of John's gospel, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I think that's right. And, uh, and of course, it, it begins on the, the, the question of light. Our text does, because we've already heard a lot about light in the prologue. Um, he's the one who came to testify to the light. Uh, but he's not the light he came to testify to it you know it's kind of doubled over um why do we what the question i have is why does the light need someone to testify to it now in one sense you can say well obviously somebody somehow john has to be dealt with he, he needs to be in the world of the gospels john is a significant figure so he needs to be dealt with so having him as one who points to the light not the light clears it all up we can move john aside and get on with jesus but why in the world of the gospel does light need to be testified to? Isn't light so straightforward and obvious? It's either light or it's not light. You know, what, what, what's going on here? Why does John need to be this person? Absolutely. And in fact, you could twin with your words about the light, words about the logos. Uh, yes. You know, the logos is the logic of the universe. It's the thing that makes the universe function, the thing that gives the universe life. Um Again, you would think that's pretty obvious. Uh, why do we need John to point to Jesus and Jesus to point to God to say, here's the logos, here's the light? Yes. Um, I think the message of this reading set on the third Sunday of Advent is um, by all means celebrate Christmas and the baby lying in the manger on the straw, um, but realise that this is a pointer to a much greater message. Uh, you know, there's a much greater story going on here um, a story that encompasses um, the wonderful concepts of the logos of the universe and the light of the universe. Yeah, I think that's right. And I, I think your insistence on on John pointing to Jesus, Jesus pointing to God is really so central to 
John's gospel. Um, and it's so important in this moment because the temple authorities appear to want to put John in the correct box, which means they're going to want to do the same to Jesus as they do in various parts. And we get that whole thing of um, here is one that you do not know. John says, which in itself is, is a real criticism of the temple authorities who are supposed to know um, the precepts of yeah. God and the way God works. Here's one you don't know. Um, and it links back to the to the reading we had from Matthew just a couple of weeks ago of the, the sheep and the goats, both asking, when did we see you in this situation? Um, like a complete cluelessness all the time that that if you want to box things up, then you will never be able to see what's what's to be seen. You need to see this, whatever this is, whether it's John or Jesus, pointing through to something even more cosmic and even greater. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And behind that, the inference is that the religious authorities have come out to see John the Baptist because they think he might actually be the one pointing to the divine reality that they're seeking. Yes, Um yeah. And he says, I'm not, but I know who is. Yeah, which kind of goes to one of those whole things of the Advent season, that Advent is not so much pointing to something, uh, wait, that we're waiting for something to happen, but it's the season of awakening to what is already happening. You know, the 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 dynamism of the presence of God in John and then in Jesus and then in the whole community, that's sort of going on all the time. And so Advent is not this sort of pointing towards this this thing of the coming of Jesus as a baby or the coming of Christ um, in glory, but it's the awakening to this is already going on. The kingdom is here among you now kind of approach, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you spot yeah. on there, and that's a, that's a good point to to uh, to leave it. The, yep. the birth yeah, in Bethlehem is a sign of what already existed, what always was, and ever will be. Yeah. Thanks, mate. That's great. Um, 